Welcome to Blurred Culture Issue Number Eleven. Where nerd is a new black. I'm Troy, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Ethan. In the words of Marvin Gaye, "What's going on?" <laughs> and Humps. I'm like, hey, what's up? Hello. Jesus Christ. Uh, join us as we discuss. Uh, yeah. <laughs> join us as we discuss the funniest topics on a bi-weekly basis. Today we discuss the big Deathstroke reveal from the set of Justice League, and we get down with the get down in our get down review. Get down, get it. Before we start the show, remember that if you don't like anything we're talking about, skip ahead by checking the timestamps in the description and find something you actually do uh, like that we said. And we're starting with our character Chronic. Cools, where each week we'll give a bio on an important character and the impact they've made in the medium, whether it be in TV, comics, or video games, and Ethan, go ahead. So, Troy might have said to skip ahead, but I'm going to tell you not to skip ahead, because, <laughs> because I'm talking about my favorite writer-director of all time, who is Joss Whedon. That is my character chronicle. So, to begin... Joss Whedon is the masterful screenwriter, director, and producer that has created an abundance of notable franchises. He has the rare ability of living between worlds of pop culture and cult classic fare that's become both a favorite amongst his cult-like following of fans while also being lauded by critics. No matter who you are, you know Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, Firefly, The Avengers, but beyond his well-deserved name recognition and properties is his excellency when it comes to writing. What might seem like a simple formula that would garner attention from the mainstream lies a deep and spiritual subtext that permeates through each and every story that he weaves. My favorite episode of television um, is Buffy's Once More with Feeling. Now, this was the musical episode of Buffy where a demon is summoned to Sunnydale, where he turns the town into a musical, where people break into routines with choreography and songs. What seems like harmless fun at first becomes dangerous as too much Singing and dancing causes people to combust into flames and die, as always happens in real life. While I'm a sucker for, for musicals, I was even more impressed by how it encompassed life. As Buffy sings, Life's a song you don't get to rehearse, and every single verse makes it that much worse. It so beautifully captured the hopelessness of life and how we use music and art as a way to escape. Yet the distraction is just that in staying within this musical, whimsical world, does it make the problems go away? How I interpret it was that music, song, and dance could be a metaphor for anything that we use to deal with life. And while these things may help us cope, the only way to really survive is to live in the world. This episode was meta in the most poetic of senses, as the show becomes a mirror for life in a way that most ultra-realistic and gritty shows have yet to accomplish. Our problems are never what we think they are. They aren't external. They are, in fact, internal. And once we learn to overcome ourselves, we can overcome the perceived obstacles that we think exist. The line that I fall back on most would also be from Once More With Feeling, where the demon recites, Because what they find ain't what they had in mind. It's what they have inside. And so this essentially reiterates what I was saying before, which is that all these perceived obstacles that we think are in front of us are really our our own insecurities that we then create onto the world itself. And that's the whole beauty with, you know, the supernatural and what Joss does so well is that the demons aren't just these scary figments of imagination. They are our fears come to life. So I've, I've seen this episode a multitude of times, and each and every time it moves me. 
I catch something different that I missed the, the previous time, a layer that further brings to life the deeper message of the story. No matter what Joss writes, he imbues it with a depth because that's what art is supposed to have. A point to the violence and the jokes. He tackled depression, sexism, sexuality, power, love, hate, good, evil. He subversively implants a universal message into his work in such a dualistic and beautiful way that it leaves me astounded and inspired. It gives me hope in a hopeless world and gives me tools to cope with the seeming madness of the world around us. Of all the writers, Joss's level of excellency is what I hope to one day achieve. So that is my Joss Whedon character chronicles. Um, do yourself a favor and I mean, you can honestly pick up any Joss story that, you know, perhaps you, if, if you want something that is female empowerment, of course he has those in spades. But if you want something that is sci-fi, western, futuristic, there's Firefly. There's, he has comic books. Like, do, do yourself a favor, research his, his work. And I feel like you're definitely going to find something that you love. For sure. Except for Age of Ultron. I'm kidding. That was a joke. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Do not I'm kidding. take this away from me. Just kidding. <laughs> now, uh, Joss Whedon does uh, female empowerment better than I think anybody else in the whole industry. I love yeah. all his work. Um, shout out to women. Dollhouse. Not enough people have seen yeah. or appreciated that show. Thank um, you. But he's responsible for that one too, especially season two. Yeah. Um, is absolutely amazing. So if you get a chance and you're looking for something to watch on Netflix, check out Dollhouse. I've gotten into so so many arguments about that very thing because <laughs> like people feel as though it was sensationalized. And just because you tackle a subject matter doesn't mean that you're saying, hey, this is okay. You're going into the core creation of what this is in society and you're not saying hey this is awesome let's highlight <clears throat> it it's saying this is wrong and let's try to understand why this happens right cool all right awesome thank you ethan for our character chronicle and now time for planet bugle which is our latest news and rumors in the nerdtainment industry handed to us by perry white and i'm going to start off with the deathstroke reveal so, so Monday, this dude Bruce Wayne, I mean Ben Wayne, I mean Sir Ben Affleck, thought it'd be a cool idea to post a video from the set of Justice League, currently past the halfway mark of filming in London. Uh, what footage was shown was said uh, in, in said reveal was just a little character by the name of Slade Wilson, aka Deathstroke, walking down what seemed to be a, oh, I'm sorry, be a plane hang up. Too excited about this, and the DCEU <laughs> hype train starts again. Your guys' thoughts. So many thoughts. Uh, my, my, my head like blew up <laughs> when he posted that. Like it changed my life because some, <laughs> I mean, because I I wasn't expecting this to happen. I don't think anybody was. But then as soon as it did, my mind just went into overload, thinking of how he could be used. My, my mind, of course, went to identity crisis, which cemented him as one of the A-list villains in the modern era of comic books for the DCU where he takes on the en entire Justice League, which, believe me, would be awesome to see. But then my mind went into a more realistic approach, and I feel like him being the villain in Batman, or at least one of the villains, would actually feel very fresh for the, the Batman franchise. Because ultimately, like, I don't really see Deathstroke taking on one woman outside of, like, a game. So, so <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, she would just literally, like, like, tie a lasso around him and, like, throw him into space or something, and then it's, it, it's over. Whereas the Identity Crisis fight, like, involved Flash, Black Canary. Like, of course, they're, they're so powerful and formidable people, but it's yeah. harder to believe that they would have 
a harder time taking him down than like Doomsday. So I, I feel like Deathstroke and Batman make sense because they're somewhat cut from the same cloth. I feel like he is relatable to Batman in that he's highly trained. He's very intelligent, only he uses his gifts for evil. So I feel like that would open up this interesting parallel between Bruce Wayne and Slade Wilson. I was going to say, um, because I know they, the rap was like, hey, he's going to be the main Batman villain, right? But I was like, until WB comes out and says that, hey, the joke is going to be, it doesn't matter. I don't care who says it. I don't believe no rumors. Y'all had me believing uh, one chick from Hunger Games was Barbara, uh, yeah. uh, Barbara for like an entire year and a half. And then she comes out in the Ultimate Edition. It's not even, no, I don't believe, no. Not until I hear it from the director's mouth will I believe that's, now I'm happy Deathstroke is in this universe. That costume looks a lot better than the Arrow one, but I can't knock Arrow because they only have to work with a TV budget. But he was definitely wearing a, a hockey mask. So upgrade <laughs> for sure. I honestly, I mean, I'm glad that he's, I hope that this is like a shot from Justice League and then there he's going to just cameo in it. I really don't. I really want them to just have one main villain because they've already, they've already announced that it was Steppenwolf, so just mainly focus on him. That's all you need to do. I don't need three or four or two, more than one. Just have one main villain to make this, this story very linear because that's the main complaint that they got for BBS. I, yeah, I was, I was, I was funny because I'm alerted to Ben Affleck's tweets. I know this is the worst time to say... <laughs> The notification, but as soon as he was like bat, he was announced as Batman. I was like, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta send a notification. So I woke up to that. Like I woke up and I'm yeah, like rubbing my. Eyes. It was it was early. I'm like, why are you texting me right now? <laughs> I'm like rubbing my eyes and like mind you, like the footage starts out blurry and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> that was uh, that was like the best way to start this week out. I just want to see a, a Marvel DC crossover so we can watch, or well, a, I guess a Fox DC crossover so we can see Deadpool um, destroy Deathstroke. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Uh, Deadpool wouldn't even be here. So let's get. <laughs> and you know what? That is a fact. Deadpool is a straight up parody of Deathstroke, but he's also better. Um, mm, that's not how parodies work. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. That's how they work in Lindsay Lohan's case. How about case. Wade Wilson? <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, oh, like I'm, I'm very excited that he's going to be within the DC Cinematic Universe. Of course, I want uh, Joe Mangiello to play him. It's funny because like I, I thought of this like before like Deathstroke was even like on Arrow. Like mm-hmm. that's who I thought of as as Deathstroke. And it's funny because I haven't seen Joe acting like anything, but just from, <laughs> but just from. Did you see Magic Mike too? No, <laughs> I've seen them at least a hundred times. Like, yeah, no. I, I, Did you not watch uh, True Blood? I saw like maybe an episode. Okay, you didn't miss a whole lot, but um, <laughs> I enjoyed him on there. But he kind of played himself. No, I, I, I don't even know who he is. I'm just I'm I'm being super superficial and basing it off of what he looks and he looks like like <laughs> like Slade Wilson. Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> he's put an eye patch on him. He's good to go. Right. That's it. All right. So next up, this week is kind of DC heavy. By the way, I don't know how I let Troy do that, but um. <laughs> <laughs> the so, only okay, to to that because I when I was planning this, the only news I saw was like there was a clip of like the they're trying to get this agents of shield uh advertisement running so that somebody had a found footage like cell phone footage of of ghost rider in his car and, and i'm like i'm not wasting my time yes, exactly <laughs> <laughs> so, so dc news wins this week i'm sorry you guys you <laughs> tried right, so. it <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, next up, uh, one of DC Comics' first major black superheroes, Black Lightning. Let's is getting, go! He's getting his own TV series. Um, it's being developed by the creator of Arrow and Supergirl <laughs> in collaboration with, this is a random one, the creator of the long-running black comedy series, The Game. <laughs> yes. Um, uh. So, Black Lightning, <laughs> for those who don't know, uh, whose real name is Jefferson Pierce, is a member of the Justice League who possesses the ability to control electricity. Um, and in the TV series, the character is expected to have retired from the superhero game until his daughter finds herself in danger at the hands of the city's uh, dark underworld, and that prompts him to hop right back into that spandex one more time. So uh, I heard, okay, just in, if this is real, then Jesus Christ. But mm. I heard that they're trying to figure out a way to work Static Shock into the, into the story. So Why not to scream? A, a, fun thing, <laughs> a, fun, a fun thing that I read last night was that um, apparently like it's canon that um, people think that Black Lightning is Static's real father. But actually, no. um, you later find out that Static is just like Black Lightning's biggest fan. He has a poster of, it, uh, of him in his bedroom. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. I would love to see something like that. Yeah, so, I'd, I'd prefer, up. yeah, like st- static as a fanboy. Like yeah. you don't always have to make people like relatives. Exactly. Of someone else. <laughs> All black people ain't related. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot, a lot of us are though. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, um, but I mean, I'm hopeful that this series airs. I mean, I could see this happen so clearly. Like my hope and kind of how I see it is like a even more of like a, a family-based show because in the comic books, he both has Anissa and Jennifer as his daughters, which is Thunder and Lightning. And I feel like not that they would have to introduce their powers <laughs> immediately, but kind of show like this family dynamic of them eventually going out and like being superheroes together while also dealing with the trials and tribulations of being a, a teenager. And um, mm-hmm. Justice Society of America, I believe it is <clears throat> Jennifer, who is like this this teenager, but she's not able to touch electronic devices. So as you can see, like as a teenager, how like much of a hell that that, that would be. Yeah, that would be and, like a cold position. Between. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of like new ground that that they could make with this show that that wouldn't really feel like the previous superhero shows that we currently have. So yes, I'm absolutely on board for this. I, would, I did want to say to I know this it was a weird collab, but it's kind of cool that the game the people that are are that did the game because I will say it kind of fell off at nearly like the last latter seasons. I, whatever, heard, I heard once it moved to uh, BET, BET kind of got lost. I, I never gosh, really yeah. was into it. I would watch it once in a while with my mom, but um, I'm, first, kind of, I'm, I'm kind of glad that they're tapping somebody who knows black drama. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, just black that, people. No, no, that's what I mean. Like the, the things that, but I, by drama, I mean like film drama. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, but just like our, our stories are, are different and we, we tell our stories differently. And so I feel like you have to have a little bit, uh, I feel like you have to have an understanding of where we're coming from to be able to fully, um, you know, put our stories on on tv in a way that is believable right there's there's a a different layer i think when it comes to i mean much like with 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 any culture Mm -hmm. you have the kind of subtext of of what's underneath and and what drives certain characters and and certain things and and that's very much related to to race not not all the time but at very various points in time like it's, Mm -hmm. it's it's very relative to us I mean, look at like Blackish and Fresh Off the Boat. They have, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they brought in the people who know the, li- this life um, to tell these stories. It's funny because you have that, and then Fifty Cent is actually pitching a superhero movie to stars 
I mean, well, really? not movie. Uh, superhero TV series of stars coming up. So it's going to be cool to see that we're getting more diverse characters in in this in this medium. Yeah, yeah. it's called yeah. superpower. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. Right? I, right hate you. Was... I hate I you. I hate you. I took it. That's <laughs> <laughs> on opening, and that's what I did. <laughs> you <All> won. Right. <laughs> so, moving on. Um, but everyone is has been asking for is for DC to be more dark. So, uh, <laughs> uh, D- Doug Lyman, director of The Born Identity and Edge of Tomorrow, will be the director of Justice League Dark. Hey. Um, now, Justice League Dark is essentially about the DC characters who have magical abilities. Um, they include John Constantine, Swamp Thing, Dead Man, Zatanna, Etrigan, the Demon, that who we believe to be cast for this film. We, we don't know too much about the actual plot. I kind of somewhat am hoping that there's a bit of resemblance to the New 52 comic book, which is one of the few series that I actually picked up after the mm-hmm. New 52 because it felt contained and like it wasn't really a part of the weirdness that that was happening it's one of the only good ones as well so. yes yes it, it was and then also like there's just something awesome about magic and especially in the dcu i feel yes. like uh coming off of suicide squad <clears throat> there's a great opportunity of using june moon slash en- enchantress um mm-hmm. who is an integral part of the justice league dark comic book um yes. so i i feel like she would be a good kind of bridge between um <clears throat> these two properties of Suicide Squad and Justice League Dark, while also giving us the new DC Cinematic Universe's Constantine. Um, Zatanna has to be there. Um, because yes. I, yes, I love Zatanna. For, for those who, who, who don't know, Zatanna is one of the strongest heroes in the DCU because literally she can say anything backwards and it happens. That is yes. the and thing then, that she does. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I also need Etrigan to rhyme. Like, he can't. This <laughs> yes. whole thing, he has to rhyme. If he does not rhyme in this thing, I'm not I'm not for it. Yes, everything in iambic pentameter. That has to <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Um, I did want to say, uh, I'm, I'm glad, like, Doug, it's going to be cool to see Doug Lyman's take on, on this movie because uh, Edge of Tomorrow caught me by surprise. Like, I didn't think I was going to like that movie, and I ended up really, really loving it just because he, one, the way they advertised that movie and the way I watched that movie were two different movies. Mm. Uh, like, the comedy in, that, in, in Edge of Tomorrow threw me completely off guard, but it was also still very serious and dark. The action was, was dope or whatever, and he's really good with action because, obviously, yeah. with, with Born Identity 2, uh, Born Identity 2 and that's, that's my, my thing. I'm the action guy. Um, <laughs> story is yes, it's just as important. But I, I need my act, action tells a story to me as well. So, yeah. uh, but I can't. I mean, I, I don't think we're gonna get it to like 2020. But you know, <laughs> I can't wait anyway. And I also think that coming off of David Ayer's Suicide Squad, like he he showed what someone that hasn't really touched this genre can do. And I feel like that mm-hmm. that bodes well for Doug Lyman, who, as you said, is is great with with action. So it'll be pretty interesting to see what this action guy does with, with magic. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, <laughs> I did want to say, like, to, to your point, <laughs> to your point with Enchantress, it's, it'd be cool to see that her bring, I mean, because the start of the world building that they've been doing for DCU is kind of a cool thing to watch. And I actually thought Cara Delevingne did her thing in, oh, yeah. in Suicide Squad. I thought she was, I mean, yeah. for her coming from, like, the model background to doing this. I'm uh, so impressed with her. Like, she is proving that she wants to be so much more than a pretty face. She's doing a really good job of it. <clears throat> So um, not, can yeah. we talk about her body acting when like <laughs> got more powerful and how yeah. <laughs> that was everything. Like, that was like okay, yeah. 
Yeah. You. <laughs> he said, "Vogue, I hate you." <laughs> to a death drop out of nowhere. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, honestly, it's funny because like I didn't really get a peek at Justice League Dark up until well, or, or what could be in Justice League Dark up until um, I saw. I think it was Flashpoint, the mm-hmm. the the, yeah. the DC's Flashpoint. Uh, movie, the animated movie, so you got to see um, Etrigan, and, and you know, I love those characters. And, well, Etrigan is actually from, no, Etrigan from before, from a Justice League episode. Let me stop lying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I always thought he was interesting. It's like a, it's a demon, I mean, well, he's like, a, he, he's a demon, he kind of looks like a gargoyle, he has like yellow skin, and he wears like a red like, costume yeah, and red. has a, a cape. Yeah, and he talks. so not cool. Yeah, he's magical, he, like, didn't he, like, he can... She was fire out in his brother and stuff like that. So yeah, fireballs. Yes, there we go. <laughs> All right. Okay, uh, that wraps up Planet Bugle. Now for Soundwave, which is now going to be converted to our music news section. The 2016 MTV Video Music Awards were held on August 28th. Um, these included uh, <clears throat> performances from Beyonce, Ariana, Britney Spears. Rihanna. Happy birthday, Beyonce. Rihanna receiving uh, Michael Jackson's Video <laughs> Vanguard Award, uh, a four-minute rando speech by Kanye. This thing had everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, so the ratings for this show were not great. Um, I, if, if, if I were to judge it, I found it probably more amusing than anything else. It's truthful. Like, it, it was like, I'm not really that entertained but i'm kind of fascinated by what's going on like just the fact that like rihanna would perform these like weird three three minute sections of her song which i i felt like made it less impactful for me myself rather than like oh here's the whole like collection of everything she has to offer and then like beyonce comes in the middle of it and like takes everybody's edges it's like like, so then they're gonna give her the award now right you know like that's honestly like like what it felt like like the whole night like that's what people were were talking about and and that her performance felt like it was worthy of a video vanguard award um and then also my favorite perform well not my favorite performance but i mean the fact of the matter is is that i will go on record as being a fan and stan of ariana grande Mm -hmm. she she gives me soprano and she gives me octaves and (laughs) and i'm a sucker for both of those things as Mm -hmm. a result I can turn a blind eye to things. The the performance <laughs> it, itself, I mean, she was on like Soul Cycle. It, it wasn't really like necessary. It definitely like you know uh, affected her her breathing, which which is what mm-hmm. needed. At the same time, once again, I'm a stan. So at at the same time, like she was still doing live vocals, which you have to to give credit for. I mean, and th- there was a lot going on. I mean, it was her on the Soul Cycle. It was her walking down the steps on four feet high inch heels sort of like lifting weights getting on like a pommel horse a lot was happening <laughs> um, but once again back to my stand she was still singing so i give credit where it broke so so what about the lack of enunciation skills are you down with that also <laughs> here here's the thing i'm so particular about enunciation like i love phrasing like adele's phrasing is immaculate mariah carey showed that you can have a high register and still like be heard. To, to me, she actually has improved um, on the Dangerous w- Woman album. I feel like that's mm-hmm. something that she worked hard on. When it comes to, to live performances, that sometimes still she still falls back into old habits. Yeah. But in in general, like if if she's just honestly like standing there and singing, like she has tattooed heart 
and Leave Me Lonely. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you listen to the, the Vivo performance of that, you can clearly hear every word, and she, she slays, like, the, the notes she pulls out are ridiculous. Once again, she gives me <laughs> octaves, and that's all I mean, I mean, and not to knock, I would say, like, Lavinia Mays is more about the gimmick of the performance, not how great the performance is. I mean, well, right. most, most of the time, not all the time. I did want to say, to your Rihanna point, I will say Rihanna's second uh, performance bit no. was the most beautiful, blackest, dopest black thing. Yo, it's where she pretty much, she made a dance hall club, like, and, like, you just had a wall <laughs> of black people all dancing to, yo, that was the most, be- like, literally, you could take any shot of that. And like it'd be a screensaver, like it was so, yeah. <laughs> like art. Like I loved that. That was my favorite performance. I say I want to say the thing that disappointed me the most uh, was Key and Peele. Oh and... God, it was <clears throat> like I am. And I How bad it was. I was. And shocked. it sucks because I love them, but and it sucks because I think like what happens is because they had to stay in that character, <clears throat> they couldn't do something else. That and then Jay Farrell, just because I I I love hate Jay Farrell. Like I I love his talent, right? But he's when uh, when somebody does not write for him, he is the worst. Like he's not he's not good at being funny, and he depend he's so dependent on the impression. Um, and mind you, I'm heavy, 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 heavy into comedy. And my thing about the impressionist is like, yeah, sure, you can get an impression down, right? But you still have to make the impression funny or right. whatever. So when the the whole bit where he was in the bathroom acting like Jay Z, and he was yeah. talking about how he was old, and he literally rapped for like one minute of silence. Uh, <clears throat> the only thing that saved that was literally right after there was this commercial that Jamie Foxx did for Verizon that was absolutely the most funniest thing <laughs> that came on all the night. And I'll send y'all the link for that because it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, Key and Pill, I was, I would, honestly, I don't think VMA should, either VMA should get one host and have it in the beginning like they, when they had people just talk in the beginning, clown people, then get it going, or I, no host. I feel like... Rihanna getting the Video Vanguard Award this year, I feel like she almost served as the host. She opened the show. She closed the show. You know what I mean? Like, Pretty much. Like, do something like that. If you're going to ditch the host. It didn't. Like, I felt like the cuts away to this, probably Key and Peele's worst characters ever were oh completely gosh. unnecessary and just slowed down the show for the purpose of nothing. <clears throat> they were funny one time. And that was during. It was this was after the Beyonce thing. Yeah, I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> that was the only time they were funny. That was that was literally. Um, I mean, I, I think I <clears throat> appreciated the shtick. I think that yeah. it it would have probably better in like one dose, like like one like really good. Yes. Just because the premise is, is actually funny of like these like untalented Vine stars who like, you know, just just tweet randomly and have like eight billion followers. Um, like that that that, that whole setup there is, is awesome and great. I think for like a over two hours video music award it was probably mm. too much yeah. yeah so like troy you just mentioned after beyonce and speaking of that like, oh gosh played britney spears they played like, britney spears it was like they set her up bro it was like let's end this girl's career mm-hmm. tonight they put her on stage with the, a random rapping white guy who no one's ever heard of uh, uh, girl can't it's, sing. It's her, her, the, the stage, the stage was like, what the hell was that? It was not like there were cool <clears> ideas. <throat> I loved the shadow thing, um, but they didn't do anything with that. She was wearing like a figure skating outfit. Britney can't dance anymore. Like I what? know, I know that Britney's stands are just believe in their heart, deep down in their hearts, that she is on the same level as Beyonce, solely because they, you know, they kind of came out at the same time. But here's the fact of it. Britney peaked around like 2003 with Toxic. Uh, Beyonce's been peaking <laughs> every couple of years. Ever <laughs> Hold since. on, wait, 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 wait. I will give I will give Britney Spears Womanizer. 
I and I will like give that. I will give Brittany that uh, you want a Maserati. You better oh, work, work bitch. Actually, like, <laughs> actually do like work, bitch. That's a great workout song. All right. But I, but but that was. I feel like those were flukes. I feel like she doesn't have it. Anymore. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> and I don't. I don't have anything against Britney. Um, I never had, and I love seeing um, her first song all the time, like her by myself in, in private while nobody's around. But, <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like compared to Beyonce, who basically just put on uh, a little mini uh, formation tour, yeah. it just like. What made it worse is that there wasn't even even an award presentation between those. No. It was, was literally, no. it was, hey, Beyonce goes for 20 minutes, commercial, Britney Spears. Like, how, how is that? That's not fair. Yeah. I, I feel like she was kind of, like, set up. I feel like. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, that that would have been better to hold off Beyonce until, like, almost, like, the very end. Uh, of course, once again, Rihanna opened and, and closed the show, but maybe yeah. if it was, like, before it's hard to even place Beyonce's performance I think it could have worked Rihanna's last per, her last performance was like a collection of power ballads and so I think it could have worked Rihanna, Rihanna has the, the vocal ability I don't care what y'all want to say but just listen to her no 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 she got five it seconds she, she can do it like she can handle a power ballad um, and she's the only one doing them aside from Beyonce so I think I think Beyonce right before uh, Rihanna's video Vanguard award uh, performance would have worked. I think it would have been fine. I mean, I I think Rihanna's like her her last. I I keep forget. Was it Love on the Brain? It was like, stay. It was stay Love on the Brain and Diamonds. Right. And so like I I heard her form that sometime over the summer. And mm-hmm. I mean, the the fact of the matter is like I have never really been a fan of Rihanna's voice. I feel like her it it lends itself to the more dance kind of lies and deception. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> all right hold on she, she to me always like li- like live especially like ballad and perhaps you can call it emotion or or her not caring she's always sounded like off key to me like from like that um Ca- california king bed like i i i heard that she she always sounds off but i will say that in recent performances it's it's been sounding like she's been like working on it and the actual like last performance like before the 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 vmas that she did she sounded good you have to. Um, the, the thing about Rihanna is that you have to like seek out the good performances because she has the good ones and she has the bad ones. You believe? But she's. It's not like it's not a new thing for her to have good performances. She has several examples from all the way back as as long ago as like twenty ten um, with Russian Roulette, and then she did a really good uh, performance of California King <clears throat> and American Idol. Um, so I mean, she has those those moments, but she's definitely been more consistent. There's so much standing in this daggone episode of this <laughs> hey, show. Hey, listen, um, Rihanna performed her whole entire goddamn catalog, and I lived for all. Sean, of it. first off, potty mouth, you didn't cut us like a bunch of times in this episode, <laughs> sir. Dang so tone it down. All right, I love you. Anyhow, quick I'll put rant. An explicit on, thing on this episode. You better. Uh, so I. Put, <laughs> So I wanted to just do a short Wait rant on, on Kanye really quick before we get into this, uh, this Netflix and go. Um, so my whole thing about this Kanye rant, right? Um, first, it was, tra- it was trash. Uh, second, I am ticked up. Like, Kanye has always been about being against, like, the big guy, right? So literally MTV kept pushing this idea that we get four minutes of unex- uh, unedited Kanye. Four minutes up coming up next. Twenty minute countdown to four minutes of Kanye saying whatever he wants. So they're basically using him because as a ploy to get ratings, right? Oh, so Kanye's sure. like, oh, I get my 
So, like, it's so weird that Kanye doesn't see that anymore. And he's like, oh, they're going to give me this outlet to, to, to talk about nothing. He literally talked about nothing. And then, mind you, yeah. <laughs> he had nothing prepared. He had, except for the video, which, by God. Uh, but literally, he could have, like, uh, he, if, if anything, if he, it would have been cool if he would have, like, said something to, like, lead into the word fade at the end. And then, bow, put the video on. Easy, right? Cool, right? But no, Kanye ain't even clever no more. He don't got no guy that's like, all right, maybe, Kanye, you should talk about this or something important. Like, you know, Black Lives Matter or, you know, <laughs> Chicago being literally someone dies every three seconds in Chicago. Or talk something. about I, he could have talked about music and like his the only thing, something. To me. The only thing I liked was then he said Chance the Rapper is the future. And that's it. That's Ooh. all I was cool <laughs> for. And, and then him cutting to the video of Tiana Taylor in all her glory. Well, hey, um, listen, and she's stepped out. Hey, this hey. is her day. Hey, this is her. This is her. The, her Bow her down. fall. This is her. This is the, she gets this entire season of, <laughs> of Tiana season. Great, yo. I, I, I just to, I mean to talk about that video really quick. So everyone is talking about oh she looks good, she's sexy, and so on. I thought I was just impressed at how cool she looked. Yeah. Like one, everyone forgets Tiana Taylor can actually get down and dance. Um, so for her to. Yes, that, that that was her thing. She literally started dancing and then got into music. So one, her choreography was dumb on point for that for like for the the syncopations of the beats and parts of the songs. And then two, it kind of reminded me. I mean, everyone kept saying this, but I seen it as soon as I saw it. It reminded me of Pleasure Principle because one of the te- uh, Pleasure Principle by Janet Jackson, which oh, is yeah. one of my favorite music videos of all time. Like the dancing and then like it's just her being one solo act, no gimmicks, just me dancing to a song. Uh, I love that. <laughs> she did. She did turn to a gap, and we saw a major side boob. And, I, and I'm kind of tired of that term. Like, cyberbullying is not a new thing. I don't understand why everybody's losing their minds over it. No, no I mean, I meant like no, literally. No, no, I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying, like, all of a no, sudden, I get it. He's but like for the like, yeah. I meant like from, you looked at the we were, there was a part like in the shower, and from the back of her, you could see the side, which is crazy. You could see the side of her, and also she just had a child, which is yeah. also okay. in the video. So for her to <laughs> pop back like that, congratulations, man. I did not know that. Yeah. Yes, that baby in the video with the sheep was was her child. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Are you, are you done? No, I was just gonna say the BET Awards was whooped the VMAs behind this oh, year. For sure. yeah. And there was also, I will say, it kind of ticked me off that there was no mention of Prince. I know yeah. that was so weird. Not <clears throat> even so like weird. A, not even like a reference. Which Prince like pretty much made that. I mean, like was definitely popping back in that time when MTV needed to show videos. Yeah, so yeah. uh, it's kind of whack that they didn't say anything. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say before we close out, uh, the dude from Change Smokers should never sing again. Oh my God! Ever, ever live, ever live. And I don't like Halsey. I keep every time I get an introduction of Halsey, this character. Me too. I've been trying to get to know, but I don't like. She's she's just another random uh, indie esque pop singer. Like like I don't know. I don't get her thing, but I don't know. What did the guy from Change Smokers sing? Uh, don't some song that's super big. Apparently, it was a number one. I've never heard of it. I don't know. I mean, but mind you, Chainsmokers are dumb, good producers. I like, love, I singing. love the, I love the recorded music. I just don't want yeah live. Don't do that. Sing live. And <laughs> if they have to like find some, find a singer. Yeah. So like Britney Spears found a rapper. Hilarious. All right. <laughs> Any other thoughts before we move on? Um, I mean, okay. Well, here, like, my whole hope for Kanye and the four minute thing was for him to just like stand on stage for four minutes and then begin. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so Kanye. Like that was how my mind worked. Um, that would have been amazing. Yeah. To like your question, like about Kanye, like I feel like his his brilliance somewhat comes from a like unfiltered oblivious. Like 
sometimes it's it's on point like what he did with like mike myers and him being like on camera and being like george bush hates black people like that (laughs) that was awesome but sometimes like he gets ahead of himself and he he can't clearly see what he's actually doing like i i feel like things like calling out an, an an artist like like beck over beyonce like not winning it's like yes i understand you're mad and that you feel that you and other people are need to be honored with with these awards but Especially i like since that Beck album was trash right <laughs> but, i mean not 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 right but i mean like that's that's not really like the, the point is more of the point of like this is like a fellow artist who's like yeah. like working on music and singing and playing multiple instruments and of course there's always going to be a thing of certain mediocre people getting things that other people deserve if you know what i mean yeah. but mm. like you have to take it instance from instance um and so for him to kind of not maybe be aware of what was going on or, or perhaps being aware and not caring like that to me kind of falls into his his personality trait i think it's more of the second one he's he's always talked about how self-conscious he is mm-hmm. um and i think he's well aware of how he comes across but i also think that he's noticed how much attention it gets him yeah um and so I mean, especially being married to Kim Kardashian, like, do a really good job of keeping themselves relevant, whether they're working or not at that time. So, um, in a way, in a way, I I understand where Kanye is coming from. I just wish that he would figure out how to do it in a more tactful way. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the VMAs, you know, hey. next year, you know, get it get it together. Next uh, year, watching the BET Awards again. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for. Reviews of recent movies and TVs. Uh, and this week we're going to talk about Netflix The Get Down, but I got to start it right, so bear with me. All right. Challenge the DJ that we call conductor because Challenge for Death is a bad mother ever, ever. Yo, <laughs> The Get Down just came out a few weeks ago in, oh, in August. Uh, was I'm, Let me just start off by saying when I seen trailers for this like two months ago, I just thought it was going to be in the 70s, and I thought it was about black people, and I knew it had a little bit of tinge of music. But when I got into that first episode, near the end, and I realized it was about the creation of hip-hop, bro, <laughs> yo, I was giddy, like, the entire season after that. Like, when Flash uh, was teaching an old boy how to loop, uh, when he figured, finally figured out to loop, when they were getting all the parts ready for the battle at the end, um, all the music, and, like, there was, this is such a production, like, all the, uh, they got, uh, what's the dude's name, his name is Boz Lurick, I believe. Boz Lurman. Guy. Lerman, there you go. Thank you. Um, it's the this guy was behind hits like uh, Moulin Rouge. Um, it's, it, it, he's German, right? I believe he is um, Aust- Australian. Yeah. yeah oh, that, okay. That yeah, he's yeah he's not from here. But it's crazy because like him him in a collaborative effort with like the likes of Nas and we were able to create this like real life telling of seventies New York and in the creation of hip hop and it's such a beautiful, just fun, like. Black. Black <laughs> and oh, I'm sorry, and Spanish. I have, uh, I mean, yeah, I would hey, say it's thanks. very yep. de- definitely Spanish. Um, I, but I loved it, man. Everything like, like the the casting was perfect. My uh, Jaden, I mean, um, uh, Jaden, <laughs> Jaden Smith, who I swear wrote all his lines in the movie, uh, <laughs> in the series, like the 70s version of himself, like. pretty much. Yo, he was too, he was too. I, I, I love that movie. What about you guys? Uh, I loved it. Boz Lerman is a visionary. I've, I've been a fan of, of his for years. He also did uh, the Great Gatsby, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo. His 
I love his creative vision. Like there's, there's this whole kind of controversy about how, how long the series was taking to make. And I'm like, well, genius takes time. You know, yes. it's like, like, like to me, he, he can be divisive because his direction style is very stylistic. It's very high, high concept. And like to me, like you, you either get it or you don't. And, and me personally, I love how lush his, his filmmaking style is. Like I just feel like he just puts art onto display and he he does not let down let us down with the get down. Um, I, I think it, it was an awesome combination of black culture with his style and showing that these two things aren't exclusive to one another. I mean, if if you even look at the the Great Gatsby and, and even that was divisive in it, its own way um, because of his style, but he was able to infuse some modern influence along with jazz. So. To me, coming on board here and kind of expecting him not to do the same was not logical, as Spock would say. <laughs> um, and so, like, like to, to me, like you have to be on board with 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 what his vision is. Otherwise, like you won't get it. And me personally, I loved it. Yes. Like I, I feel like the music was on point. The acting, like I have to give it up actually to uh, Justice Smith. Absolutely. <clears throat> yes. Uh, he came out of nowhere and like blew me away. Like his... I ain't ever seen this dude before. Yeah, He's yeah, me either. And like his scene, I, I, I don't want to spoil it because I want people to see it, but his scene in, in the classroom with the teacher made me mm-hmm. feel like I felt, I felt that. Yes. <laughs> felt oh my God, when you recited the poem, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it was such an honest and beautiful story and to me like this is more of what I really want, which is essentially like a, a, a partnership between Hollywood and various cultures. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like like they, they shouldn't be as separate as they are. I, th- I think it's awesome that like Baz wanted to do something like this and like he deserves more credit as a result of going out and doing a story like this because he, he didn't have to. And, and this was just like such an awesome like throwback almost to sort of enter the dragon like type of like yes exploitation almost but in such a moving and resonant way that's very topical to to what's happening right now so i personally love this series like even more than i thought that i was going to because as i said i'm a a bass fan um but this even exceeded my expectations the get down is basically one of my favorite shows of all time now um i'm just completely honest Worthy. with you. Part of it for me, that I, the, the thing that I connected with it so much is that uh, my dad actually grew up in New York City at the same exact time uh, that this uh, film took place, uh, that this TV show took place. And not only that, but he was right around the same age that these characters were. Um, Get Down takes place in the Bronx. Uh, my dad grew up in Queens. They are, you know, there's not a whole lot of difference between them, uh, at least on the surface. And so, not necessarily firsthand, but better than I would say most people, how accurate the, uh, the Get Down is to real life and how it was is, is kind of mind-blowing to see. And speaking to my dad, who did watch it and loved it for those reasons, it's just kind of a cool experience to sit there and almost watch my dad's childhood um, <laughs> in, a way, in a way that most people, I don't think most people really get to do, especially not black people. We don't get to see those stories. No. We don't yeah. hear those stories. Um, but what's cool about uh, The Get Down is that, aside from you know featuring some iconic um, DJs of the era, um, it featured a lot of realism and a lot of references 
references to the real time. One of the main villains in the uh, in the Get Down is the Savage Warlord Warlords. It's a gang that just kind of exists in the in the Bronx area, but they are actually based on uh, a couple gangs from the area called the Savage Skulls and the Savage Nomads. So, and my dad was telling me that he remembers growing up being aware of those people and one of his friends actually ending up in that gang because he had to. Um, didn't really have a choice. So it's so crazy to just watch this this uh, show and just watch it from the perspective of someone who who kind of knows a little bit better than most um, yeah. how accurate it is. I want to give a, a shout out to Justice Smith also because the only I've seen him in he was in Paper Towns and he the character that he played was so starkly opposite from from his character on this show um, that I had no idea that this kid was such a strong actor. He is he like he went above and beyond to get the accent of the. Uh, of the region down, yeah. the, the graveliness of his voice, the delivery of the of the lines uh, when he was rapping is just it's just crazy. Like his I can't believe his flow was dope. Too. Isn't it? Isn't that crazy? It's yeah. like it, I can't believe how like I don't know just how special this show is to me now. But um, one of the things that's kind of blowing my mind is that um, the Get Down has received sort of mixed reception, uh, mostly mostly positive, but uh, a lot of negative. And a lot of that comes from the fact that people are saying, oh, it's not, re- uh, the reviewers are saying, it's not relatable, you know, that's not something that I can, you know, see myself in or whatever. But that really speaks to that double consciousness that we as black people have to have. Um, we, we have to understand not just our own perspectives, but the ones of others, where I don't feel like we're always afforded that same courtesy. No. Um, to say that you know the events of the get down are not realistic or not believable absolutely tells me that you have made no effort to uh, to understand the people of the era. And again, speaking as somebody who has a father who basically lived the get down, um, anyone who who pulls anything like that is is talking out of their butts <coughs> because Troy said I'm not allowed to curse. Please anymore. stop cursing. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like. I don't. I don't know a single black person or Hispanic person who is not raving about the show, and yeah. um, that is because we know we know this story in our own ways. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I. I, I think the, the the critics' opinion, and not all of them, but some of them, it it undermines our narrative, as right. you said. Like, I have no issues watching Downton Abbey and empathizing and sympathizing with people. Like, that's what it's about. I don't have to have their exact story to understand what they're going through. Yeah. And so for you to say that you're unable to do this with this type of story is honestly a slap in the face to our culture. I mean, <laughs> I watch Star Trek Beyond, and obviously I'm not out in space. Right. Right? I mean, I've never been, I've never been in the future. I don't know about you. I've never been to a different planet. I've, I've only been twice. <laughs> I was... <laughs> <laughs> I was in. I mean, I love Zootopia, one of my favorite movies. But I'm not an animal. Yes. I'm kidding. I've never been a rabbit person, but <laughs> I still, I still sympathize with those people. Oh, no, but the thing is, like the storylines that that are being told in the, in the Get Down, just because they take place from a black and Hispanic perspective, does not mean that they only speak to black and Hispanic experience. It's poor. I'll struggle. We all struggle, struggle with this stuff. We all struggle with, you know, uh, with trouble, you know, finding money, with trouble figuring out what you want to do with your yes. life. We Are all struggle help? with, you know, just trying to find a way to be happy in your situation. And it blows my mind that people can't 
find a way it's to weird, it's so weird this is people in it aren't white yeah that's it, literally the exact because they literally address that in the beginning of the show with with his poem and so like literally so they explain everything and it shows how he has his talent for this thing but he doesn't know where to use it for and this is literally all on the first episode so by the first episode if you don't get it then like you you you're pretty much the same just because is that it, means you went in it because you didn't want you, it, it, assuming that you weren't going to get it yeah exactly so no yeah and and then also like and, and this is the the issue with Hollywood is that if it's not from someone's perspective, i.e. like from slave to master, right. and, and, and their perspective isn't quote-unquote being shown, then it just doesn't like register to them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why like it's that double consciousness of us having the luxury of living in this world where it's dominated by a, another culture, and yet we are still able to cling on to ours while still being aware and understanding the other parts of it sure. mm-hmm. and but, but but that's also why I, I was happy to see the the positive responses from like people you know mm-hmm. and, and and to me that's what's becoming more and more prominent is the fact that people are rallying against the machine in ways and saying like yes this is what r- reviewers are saying but it's like this is ours like we're going to be happy for this we're going to be excited and to push this because more stuff like this need, needs to come out yeah. yeah, no, exactly. Shout out to Baz Luhrmann, because this Australian main man just came in here and made one of the best pieces of black art I've seen in a <laughs> long time. And I, I also just want to say, like, this plus movies like Dope and Dear White People, like, this is just further proof that we have stories to tell that have nothing to do with slavery. Yeah. So it's funny, because, like, the uh, uh, Masters, of, Masters of None... Uh, won uh, I think an Emmy this year, and I said the that Aziz Ansari. That show, I haven't. That, that show's garbage. I'm sorry. I'm well, not Jesus Christ. But anyway, let me get to my point before you trash everything that I talk about, my guy. All right, thank you. So the guy was talking about they won an Emmy, and the guy was talking about uh, thank you white people for for taking for dominating TV so far. That way, when we can tell an average story about our race, it's it's known to be unique and special and exotic. <laughs> so it's like uh, that's what I, I see that I was trying to get to before you totally yeah. trash my lead, Humphrey. <laughs> Jeez, use Mindy Kaling instead. <laughs> the music in this in this though, I didn't want to talk about that before you know go into anything else. Did anybody anyone interrupt my point about how great this music was? No. All right, cool. So the music. This was absolutely amazing. Amazing. Literally, right when it ended, I did two things. One, I called my dad and I said, "You probably should watch this show because my dad was a DJ in the seventies, and this is literally like kind of living out his life." Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, my dad. My dad used to. My dad literally uh, right before he went to the military, uh, he and and, uh, my my technically my uncle uh, Kevin, they would just they they carry crates and they would go to different parties and they would DJ. That is crazy. Yeah. I've only known how to think about it. Tell it related. How do you not know? I this? know. I, I'm a little upset. <laughs> like, you know, my, my dad don't talk to him. My dad is not. My dad, I, like, it literally took years. My, my dad, actually, no, my dad used to tell me. I, I remember when I got into high school, that's when he told me that he used to DJ with, with um, so, yeah, um, well, I've, I found out my dad was like Jimi Hendrix, like he had like an afro. Like, what? A deep, yeah, like it was. It was a lot going on. Jesus, anyway. why go tell you? I'm family so talented. Anyway, uh, so but yeah, my uh, so my dad. So I literally. So the first thing I did is I called my dad and I was like, "You should watch the Get Down. It's literally your life. You should probably watch it because it was so it was so dope." And then. Um, I bought the I bought it. I went I went to iTunes and I literally went bought and bought all the music. And that album is twenty four songs um, of like like some of his like old school stuff and in the break the official breaks that they had for uh, um, well I'm sorry the get down parts of of the songs and they actually had like extended versions or 
actually mastered versions to the songs that they had during the show. So, like, there's a there's a um, there's the the song "You're Losing, You're Losing, You're Losing, You're Losing Yourself" that's, that they kept playing. There, there's actually a full version of that with Jaden Smith and Rory rapping over it, and it's the most cleanest thing in the world. You got features by um, Teddy Pendergrass, uh, Zayn, Christina Aguilera. That, that Zane uh, and Teddy Bear kind of song is fire. It's fire. It's so good. My face it's off. so good. Um, uh, I'm surprised because Shamik Moore, I mean, Shamik Moore, which is also, I didn't want to highlight, I mean, I did want to highlight him because he's amazing in both yeah. things I've seen. Um, Shamik Moore raps, but he wasn't, he didn't have a song on here. I'm surprised that he, they didn't catch him for anything. Yeah, the, this this is like, it's it, they put so much effort into this album and like, it's like. Christina Aguilera made her best song in years. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Come back, Christina. So I, yeah, I, it's funny. I, I really hope this becomes like a thing. Like Netflix, it kind of just shows me that Netflix is definitely, it's taken over. We got literally mm-hmm. in, in twenty in actually just over three weeks we have Luke Cage premiering and he's having an, an original soundtrack composed by Ali Shaheed Muhammad, which is one of my favorite producers. He produced all of Child Call Quest songs. And then the wow. and then the songs are some of the best beats I've ever. Yeah, the heard. songs are friggin' uh, the, the song title or the episodes are song titles of Gangstar songs, which is uh, Guru and DJ Primo uh, Primo's Guru back in the day, which is also one of my favorite hip hop duos. Um, so like I love this evolution that Netflix is doing, where they can not only market a great show, they literally have a, a full-blown epic sci-fi movie coming out uh, with David Ayer directing and Will Smith uh, Will Smith uh, starring in the Max Landis writing. And they're going to make that like it's like the most big, this, this is the biggest budget film. So it's kind of exciting time for, for Netflix and to see how everyone has to kind of adjust to what they're doing now. Because because it's, it's, it's kind of funny because they uh, release their shows so differently, they have the ability to make such tighter stories than... Yes, you know a lot of the the shows that have to air weekly and they have to be made as the show. So um, they're the, they're making amazing stuff. Get down! I'm gonna watch it again because mind you, this is just part two. There's only six episodes. The next one doesn't come out till next year, which is a travesty. It but is. I'm gonna watch this again probably like two more times. How about you guys? Yeah, same here. For sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Like I said, it's it's one of my favorite TV shows ever. It really spoke to me on like a personal level. So oh, and I'm sorry. Uh, one thing that I thought was dumb cool was uh, Thor, the introduction to Thor and his, like him, his, his oh, yeah. relationship with Jaden. I was like, I caught yeah. me off guard. I mean, well, it didn't catch me off guard because as soon as I seen him, I'm like, no, oh, I, was, I was like, oh, this is coming. <laughs> but I was, I was surprised that they put that in the show in the 70s because in the 70s, it was... It was taboo, but what's funny, though, is that at the same time, during the disco movement, it was also huge. Yes. You know, you know being the, the free people... Was yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I and ten out of ten. I had no issues with that thing at all. Uh, my Same. All right, so. I more, couldn't more find. Like I couldn't make up anything tonight. <laughs> exactly. No. <laughs> no. I I wish it was longer. That's that's if I yeah, had to make yeah, up yeah, a thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. All right. More episodes. <laughs> uh, now for Bounce of the Birds. extra you know double stuffed episode uh what are your guys most anticipated movie coming out now that we're past the two-thirds of the year in the uh finalization of suicide squad passing what are you guys looking forward to as the year comes to an end movie wise i'm looking forward to fantastic beasts and where to find them um i I have been having a harry potter weekend (laughs) (laughs) always always a good idea all, yes, always. Um, and I, I love magic and adventure, and Fantastic Beasts does look fantastic. Like, I'm just excited for 
a new story within the wizarding world. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's that's mine. Did, did you hear about how they're going to make a trilogy out of the Cursed Child or something like that? I mm-hmm. did hear that. Yeah, I don't. I heard that the, um, the basically the novelization of the script is like not very good. So if they're going to do that, I hope that they you know. Improve I think it's writing. just I think it's just yeah. WB because WB is like. They have, they have the they only have the DCU universe are running and this is their this are major cash cows so they need another one because Harry Potter for a long time was their big yeah. their big pull and then once that stopped and then once Dark Knight stopped that's when they were like oh crap mm-hmm. we gotta make other ideas so yeah that's exactly what happened yeah. I was also gonna say Fantastic Beasts just because I'm like the world's biggest Harry Potter fanboy but since Ethan already said it I'll give it to Doctor Strange. Uh, sans Tilda Swinton because she does not exist in that film as far as I can say. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm just I'm really excited to see Marvel just fully embrace the magic. Yeah, um, they haven't done that. They've tried to keep everything very much in the realism. Um, even Scarlet Witch's powers were made out to be uh, much more realistic Stupid. Um, than they actually were. She's uh, a mutant. Canon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, uh, so uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. It looks. It just looks so so fundamentally different from everything we've ever gotten from Marvel. So I'm ready to see what they do with it. Hope it doesn't flop. It's probably going to get a 99 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. 100 percent, like because it is a Marvel movie. Marvel movie and Benedict Cucumber is in it. So you know, we'll see. I, that's all you need. I I mean yeah. I will say that that second trailer did it for me because at first I was not hyped for this movie yeah. at all. But that second trailer. I know I was like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm with it. I kind of want to see it in 3D, honestly. It looks, it looks amazing. Yeah, um, I, I will choose The Accountant uh, by Ben F. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> 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 it comes out later uh, this month. Actually. It kind of looks cool. Anyway, um, I, believe it or not, I'm, I'm kind of hyped on this Rogue One. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, that, the first trailer, I don't know, man, just that music, man. The way they flip both themes, man. And then I'm kind of, I'm really intrigued by what the twist is going to be. And I like mm-hmm. not knowing about a movie. Like, like that's that's my any anything that I can go into. Like, I, I hope it's a surprise for me just as much as um, as X Men Apocalypse was for me for me this year. So, and I mean, I like all the I mean, I like all the actors in it. I like the it's a, it's a full like it's my favorite thing. Diverse cast. Like, I have a full yeah. blown diverse cast. Um, I like that Star Wars is a thing again. Honestly, I feel like we don't do we don't talk about space enough. So, I agree. There's so, so much out there. We need to do more with it. Yes. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's the final frontier. I mean, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, no, I, I would. Uh, yes, yeah, Rogue One uh, Christmas. I just, I, I want, I'm ready to see a story that's not about the Skywalker. This is true, friends. Exactly. So, and yeah. I just hope they got James Earl Jones to come back to do Darth Vader's voice. <laughs> Although I wish they didn't show him in the reveal of that trailer. I will say yeah, that. They, but you know, they, I, I want them to work on these these uh, these advertisers to work on not showing so much in the trailer. Exactly. Like I mean, for instance, like the, I think the only two people that really kind of killed their 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 marketing as far as uh, trailers go was Suicide Squad and Deadpool. I think Deadpool both. Uh... I think I think Batman vs Superman should have not said anything about Wonder Woman because that reveal would have been. I mean, the the <laughs> thing is that like we 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 knew that it was coming just because Zach has has been vocal about it, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's like I would agree, but I just remember like watching Jimmy Kimmel with with Ben coming on and watching that trailer, mm-hmm. and like if if I wasn't fully prepared like. Or at least partially prepared before the theater. Like I, I don't know what would have happened. I would have. I would have. I would have died. It still would have been. You and I were already out. We already died. I would. I mean, it would have just been cool to. I, I do miss reveals like that though. Like, like I, I do. I, I do kind of hate this, this thing in the age where I can't. 
Um, okay, like, like, like I remember when I first saw Avengers, the first Avengers, right? And I didn't know anything about it and how much I loved, like, like every action scene. I didn't, I'd never seen these concepts before. And, like, the, the first fight where, they, like, the three of them came, uh, they were fighting in the trees, I mean, well, in the forest or whatever. And, um, and just not knowing about any of that was, was, was just, I, I love that. So I kind of wish, that's, I mean, I, honestly, that's kind of the greatest thing about, about how they're shooting Justice League. It's all on a soundstage or whatever. So I, yeah. I don't get anything unless they, you know. So everything in the trailer. The um, most you would get from a set photo is from like a production assistant, and they'll probably be fired right after. Pretty much. So, okay, and all right. So that's a wrap, folks. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Join our Facebook group and rate our show on iTunes. We will actually be back next week. I know this is kind of soon. Uh, we've kind of we're gonna do a Blur Culture Radio, bringing those back. But yeah, uh, this is Joy signing off. This is Ethan. Be sure to check out my Space City Comic Con interviews and such um, we'll be posting it on our YouTube Twitter so yeah check that out and I'm Sean and I'll be all you need and more <laughs> because I'm not gonna sing the whole song alright peace yes. <laughs>